welcome to the British History Podcast. If you love British history, then you are definitely in the right place. My name is Philippa and I will be taking you through British history, the people, the events, the intrigue. Some of the stories you may think you know, but you don't know them in the way I tell them. And then hopefully I will also be able to introduce you to something new too. Now this podcast is free and it always will be. But if you would like more History Lover benefits, then please consider coming and joining me over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash British History. But for now, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of This Week in British History. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know there's a lot of things going on in the world right now, so I really appreciate you taking the time out to spend 10 or 15 minutes with me looking at things that happened this week in British history. My name is Philippa Lacey Brule and I run a little company called British History Tours but when I'm not on tour I like to talk history and do these weekly roundup uh, episodes. I'm just doing these for 2020. I'm going to move on to doing something different on the YouTube channel come um, January 2021 but for now we're doing these roundups and this week we have quite a few little stories to cover. Before we get started if I could ask you to hit subscribe and hit the bell that would be fabulous. I'm nearly at my thousand subscribers threshold which would be um, great for me to get to so um, yeah please do. I know about 75% of people watching aren't subscribed so if all you subscribed Anyway, if you want a more daily history hit as well, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest. Um, And if you're listening on the podcast, thank you very much for tuning in to the podcast. Right, this week, what have we got going on? This week, we have a superstar breakup. We have the Battle of Shrewsbury in 1403, the first time that the English engaged with the Spanish during the Spanish Armada, and Mary Queen of Scots is forced to abdicate. So first of all, the celebrity breakup. On the 20th of July, 1968, Jane Asher on live TV revealed that her engagement to the Beatle Paul McCartney was over. Now, Jane Asher, um, I don't know if you are watching from the US whether you know who Jane Asher is, so I won't spend a long time on this story, but Jane Asher is a familiar actress to anyone sort of my age or older in the UK. She was on telly a lot in, probably in the 80s and 90s. now the couple had met when she was about seven. Well, she was seventeen years old in nineteen sixty-three, and um, a year later he moved in to her parents' townhouse in London, um, living in one of the attic rooms. Asher's background was more middle class as opposed to um, Paul's background, which was more working class up in Liverpool, and so he got a sort of different view of the world, if you like. He was introduced to classical music, and her mother actually taught Paul how to read music. Now, of course, you can't be a um, a famous pop star, singer-songwriter without being influenced by your real life in your songs. And don't we just love it when we can put a meaning to a song? And it is his turbulent relationship with Jane Asher that is supposed to have inspired few of his songs, like We Can Work It Out, All My Loving, um, I've got a list here, uh, and I love her here, there and everywhere and you won't see me. So uh, so she was an inspiration behind his music as well as her parents been an inspiration on Paul McCartney and his actual 
um, musical tastes, I suppose, were widened when he moved in with them and, of course, actually been able to uh, learn to read music, which I presume was very helpful. July 1968 saw the premiere of the Beatles movie Yellow Submarine and at the premiere Jane Asher was nowhere to be seen. Three days later she appeared on live television and announced to the nation that her engagement to Paul was over. Jane Asher is supposed to have said well we're childhood sweethearts and you know perhaps when we're 70 you know, we'll meet up again and get married. Well they're more than that now um, and Paul has been married uh, twice since, obviously losing his first wife, Linda McCartney, and he divorced from his second wife, Heather Mills. But Jane is still happily married to her husband, who she's been married to since 1981. On the 21st of July, 1403, saw the Battle of Shrewsbury between Henry IV of England, Henry Bolingbroke, and the Percys, who were influential men at court. Now I'm going to cover more about Henry IV in the mini-series, which I will start when I get to a hundred subscribers. I've got there already. They got to a thousand subscribers, where I'm going to take you through how we got from each monarch to the next, um, probably starting with William the Conqueror, as is uh, usually the way. I might go further back, we'll see. And Henry IV, what's interesting about Henry IV, he took the throne in 1399 from Richard II, Richard II was still alive, um, but Henry Bolingbroke, who became Henry IV, uh, effectively was the, one of the first, the first usurper. We'll cover that in, in, the, new, <laughs> in the new series. But so Henry, Henry Bolingbroke had taken the throne in 1399 um, and he'd had support because people were disgruntled with uh, Richard II and he, he'd effectively persuaded uh, them to get behind his cause. The Percys were uh, a family that were behind Henry until Henry didn't deliver on his promises of land um, that had been uh, given. If they, if they were going to support him, they would get land and that didn't transpire. So it didn't take long for them to become disgruntled with their lot and they rose up against Henry. Henry Percy, the first Earl of Northumberland, um, also known as Henry Hotspur, Hotspur, a nickname apparently given to him because of the diligence with which he patrolled the borders with Scotland. He renounced uh, his and the Percy uh, family uh, support of Henry IV. They now accused Henry IV of taking the throne falsely, of taxing the clergy when he'd promised not to, and of imprisoning and murdering Richard II. The Percys raised an army in Cheshire, of which many were archers. The significance there is that the King's army also uh, contained a large element of archers and this is the first time on English soil that archers were pitted against each other. They were similarly trained so um, the, they were effective but it meant a big death toll on both sides. Fighting broke out on the morning of the 21st of July and by the end of the day it wasn't clear who was going to win or who was winning but Henry Hotspur decided to take a final charge towards the king and he himself got killed during that um, with an arrow, well possibly an arrow to the face um, because his visor was up so that he could see around. So the battle was lost, the Percy's lost and Henry IV was saved to rule for another day. 
On the 21st of July 1588, the English fleet under Sir Francis Drake came into contact for the first time with the Spanish Armada, the Spanish fleet under Philip II of Spain. Uh, Elizabeth I was on the throne. This was the year after Mary Queen of Scots had been executed, supposedly to keep England safe from the Catholic threat. But of course, what it did, um, one of the repercussions of that was to anger Catholic Europe. And Philip II of Spain, as a good Catholic king, was uh, going to lead an invasion of England. So there was a real threat in 1588 of a Spanish invasion of England. On the 19th of July, the Spanish fleet had been spotted off Lizard Point in Cornwall. On the 21st of July, the English sailed out. The English ships were smaller and more manoeuvrable and they managed to position themselves upwind from the Spanish fleet. So effectively their cannons would travel further um, and the, uh, the, the returning fire was more difficult to um, obviously to reach them. And so it was an English uh, victory in that skirmish. No ships were sunk, but the English had won the day. The Spanish had had to retreat. As the ships um, were sort of leaving the field of battle, if you like, or it's a sea, um, two collided and had to be abandoned. So it was sort of a moral victory for the English. Now, of course, they came back later on, but for now, the English had the upper hand. On the 24th of July, 1567, Mary Queen of Scots was being held at Loch Leven Castle and she had had a miscarriage. Um, she was not in a very good way. She was a prisoner in her own country and um, she was forced to abdicate in favour of her one-year-old son, James, who was James, became James VI of Scotland. James VI of Scotland is also the man who became James I of England on the death of Elizabeth I. Mary's story in Scotland is both fascinating and harrowing. And we're lucky that up in Scotland, a lot of the uh, castles and palaces that Mary would have known are there in substantially similar form to what she would recognise. So if you're, if you're interested in Mary Queen of Scots, I have more videos about Mary Queen of Scots, but if you are the ultimate uh, fan then you might be interested to know that I'm taking a tour along with Sarah Morris the Tudor travel guide next year and it's called In the Footsteps of Mary Queen of Scots and we are basing ourselves in Edinburgh and we are going to uh, various venues. All of the details are on the website www.britishhistorytours.com and if you look on history tours you will see the on the foot in the footsteps of Mary Queen of Scots tour there. All the details are there, the itinerary, we're sorting out speakers at the moment and um, and you can see where we're staying and everything. So if you're interested in that, please do go along and have a look. Even if you're just being nosy, go and feel free, feel free to go along and have a look at what we do. So Loch Leven Castle is a castle on an island in the middle of a loch. Loch is a Scottish lake. Um, and she was there, she's miscarried, she's ill, she's vulnerable, she's on her own and the men from the men from the Scottish court come and tell her that she has to uh, resign her crown. Uh, she has to abdicate in favour of her son James. She really didn't have any choice, and um, we we know that she was desperate to get her throne back. 
she did escape from Loch Leven Castle and um, well we know she escaped because she ended up in England and then in the custody of Elizabeth for the next uh, 20 or so years. Uh, as we've talked about the Spanish Armada was the year after Mary was eventually executed actually in uh, 1587. Um, and so Mary's life was one of imprisonment for the majority of her adult life. It's a very it's a sad and fascinating story so um, yeah have a look at some of my other videos about Mary um, I've put some links in the show notes to some other videos that I think you'll find interesting and other articles um, but yeah so not a great day for Mary. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of This Week in British History. I've really appreciated your time being here. Please remember to subscribe, hit the bell, share it with your friends if you think they'll enjoy it. If you comment below, I always answer to my comments. But for now, keep safe, keep well, keep occupied, and, uh, and I'll see you all next week. Bye.